Well, we are coming to you uh, live this morning from our Holly Pond campus, and we're excited to do that. But in doing that, uh, a little bit of our video uh, and sound equipment is we're, we're, we're kind of sacrificing a little bit of our quality so that we could be out here at our actual building. So we're not going to have any of our, our, our verses or points available for you on the screen this morning. But you can find our outline real simple on the YouTube version app. Okay, it's just go to the events and search Liberty Church and you can find our outline and you can follow along with us. So, but this morning we are going to be picking up where we left off last week. Three weeks ago, we kicked off a new series, a new message titled Raised to Life. We kicked that off on Easter Sunday and uh, we are on part three of that this morning and we are going to be talking about the love of God. Raised to life by the love of God. Do you know that the love of God is important? It's everything. Without the love of God, we live empty, shallow lives. And I hope you know that God loves you. I hope you know that God loves you uh, and, and, and he, he wants to help you and lead you and guide you. And so we're going to talk about that this morning, how he raises us to life through the love that he gives the world. But before we do, I'm going to go ahead and recap uh, some of the main points and highlights that we had the last couple weeks kind of hit the highlights of what we've been talking about, uh, being raised to life by what Jesus has done for us. So there in Luke um, 24, verse 1 through 8, if you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Luke 24, and we're going to read verses 1 through 8. It's really the tail end of our Easter story that we find uh, the tomb uh, that Jesus uh, has left, that he is risen and that he is alive. There at verse 1, it says, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared, but they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus, and it happened, as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead. Why do you seek the living among the dead? I love that. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? They say, he is not here, but he is risen. If you're watching, just say, he's alive. He is alive. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again, and they remembered his Words, then they remembered his words. And as believers, we have to remember that our God is alive. No matter what it looks like right now, if you're going through something tough, if things are actually looking pretty good, you're still uh, doing, uh, doing good right now, you, no matter what, you have to remember that our God is all powerful and he is alive. He's conquered death, hell, and the grave so that we can do the same. Anyone who would believe and confess in him can do the same thing. That first recap point, we said a couple weeks back that we are raised to life by the finished work of Jesus. So we're raised to life, we're brought from death to life based on the finished work of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And I want you to go ahead, if you're taking notes, go ahead and put uh, nothing else next to that point. Because we are raised to life by the finished work of Jesus Christ and nothing else. There's nothing that you can do in your own power, in your own strength, with your own life, uh, with your own strength, 
that you can do to be, be raised to life, to be set free, to, to, to find real joy, real lasting joy in your own strength, in your own way. You cannot do it. We are made alive in Christ by the finished work and nothing else. I said a couple weeks back that there's no good, good enough. You cannot uh, be good enough to get yourself into heaven. The only way you can get into heaven by is accepting that free gift of that finished work that Jesus did for us. Amen. That next recap point, we said last week, really last week was an awesome message. Uh, we, we really talked about the power and the person of the Holy Spirit and how he raises us to life on a daily basis. And that second point says, we are raised to life through the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us a new nature, new eyes, new ears, and supernatural power. Somebody say supernatural power. And so it's the person of the Holy Spirit that gives us, gives us the, 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 the new life really that we, de, we, we desire and that we crave. He gives us a new life and he raises us to life by giving us new eyes to see. I begin to see things the way that God sees things. He gives us new ears. I begin to hear uh, things differently than I ever have. And I begin to, if I invite the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit in my life, I can begin to do things, conquer things, see and experience victories in my life like I never have before. And, and when that happens, we go from uh, living uh, uh, pitiful uh, shameful, depressing lives to being raised to life by not just the power of the Holy Spirit, that supernatural power, but by the person of the Holy Spirit. And it's that, that same Spirit we said last week, it's by that same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that I can do the same works that Jesus did. It's by that same Spirit that I can do the same works. And we said last week that Jesus even says that not just do the same works as Jesus, but we will actually do greater works than Jesus. And so the only way we can do those things is by the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who raises us to life. Amen? So today, like I said, we're going to be talking about uh, being raised to life by the love of God. So that next point, the first new point for this morning is we're raised to life by the love of God. And I want you uh, to, to hear me. God loves you. And I don't want you just to hear me with your mind and hear me with your ears. I want you to hear me with your heart this morning. Because you know what? That, 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 that phrase, that, 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 that term, that, that, that phrase that God loves you, is it, it, you hear it all the time. Even non-believers hear that, and they don't even really believe in, in, in the God that we believe in, but they would probably still think or believe that God is love. It's another term that gets thrown out there. God is, God is love. And so we hear that and we think, yeah, I hear you, Pastor. God loves me. But I want you to hear me because God loves you right where you're at. He loves you at your worst, in your mess. And see, the thing is that we struggle to connect with, the, with, with that, that idea and that thought that God really loves me. My, my, my jacked up, messed up Ian, who, who's dropped it a million times, who, who deals with, 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 with sin or, or whatever I deal with, that the God of, the King of Kings actually loves me. And I struggle with that because, see, God doesn't love you the way that we uh, love Netflix. 
or, or, or the way that we love our favorite sports teams, or, or, or the way that we love our favorite cars or people, or favorite coffee creamer. <laughs> God loves you in a real powerful way. And he doesn't just tell us that he loves us. He, he, he showed us that he loves us based on the fact that he sent his son, his best, to be crucified on a cross for you. And see, that's why we struggle to know that God loves us too because we tell people oh, that God loves them uh, all the time. God loves you. God's got you. God loves you. What would happen if believers in the church just stopped telling people that God loves them and began to show them that God loves them. God did that for us. He doesn't just tell us, he shows us that he loves us. And we're raised to life by that love. And without the love of God, y'all, we are empty. We live empty, shallow, uh, hopeless, unfulfilled lives. I can think back to my life before I accepted Jesus. I was miserable. I was depressed. I was addicted. I was, I, I, I was everything that... <laughs> This Ian that you see standing before you uh, is not. I was the complete opposite, y'all. And it wasn't but the love of God that changed my life. I feel like I have uh, uh, the, enough knowledge about the love of God to be able to teach it and preach it to you this morning because I've experienced it. When you experience his love, you can't help but share it, amen? I want to uh, give you John three sixteen through 17. I, I know a lot of you know it, have heard it. And, and, and we're talking about the love of God and how he raises us to life by it. And so verse 16 says, For this is how God loved the world. How he loved the world is he gave his son, his one and only, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish. But there it is, have eternal, everlasting life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. The love of God changed the world forever. Jesus made his mark on the world forever. And God gave that love to us so that we also could be raised to life. Amen. I want to give you another scripture. It's in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 through 18. Verse 17 there it says, uh, In hopes that, there are, uh, that Christ may dwell in your hearts, through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. we got to be rooted and grounded in love. May be able to comprehend with all the saints uh, what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled, somebody say filled, with all the fullness of God. I love that. We got to be we got to be rooted, we got to be grounded in his love. That love that if we've experienced that love, we have to be rooted and grounded in that revelation. Uh, and not only just rooted and grounded in it, but his love is is so good that we can can't even really uh, comprehend by the knowledge of how big and how vast it is. Do you know that uh, his goodness is so good that it's uh, it's unmeasurable here in this place, here on earth. He casts our sin away as, as far away as from the east, from the west. Try and measure that distance. His love for you is unmeasurable here in earthly places. It's that good. There's no height, no depth, no, no, no gap that it can separate you from his love, his perfect love. And so 
so if I come to that revelation, I have to stay uh, grounded and rooted and remain in that fact, in his love. We have to be really uh, immovable and unshaken in that revelation of who God's love is. Think of it like a big, uh, healthy, uh, big old massive tree. That, that tree is grounded, it's rooted, it's committed, right, to the ground that it stands in. We have to be that way as believers in God's love. We, no matter what's going on in our lives, we have, to be, we have to be unmovable, unshaken, rooted, grounded in his love so that we, 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 we can stay put and hold out as, we, as things are going on in our lives around us. I can be grounded in his love and the knowledge that he loves us. And see, and it's so important that we remain in that place because that's what the enemy wants to do to us. He wants us to question this basic principle that God loves us. The enemy wants you to question that basic principle. If God really loved you, then why did your wife leave you? If God really loved you, why did you just lose your job? If God really loved you, why is the car always broke down? If God really loved you, why is the air unit busted up? See, the, the Satan, he did the same thing to Adam and Eve, right? Did God really say? Did God really say? And if I'm not rooted, if I don't remain in the vine that is Jesus Christ, I'll begin to question and I'll lose sight of truth and that principle, you got to know that you know that you know that you know that God loves you. He's proven it. Through Jesus on the cross, that is a principle that is fact. It's not uh, questionable anymore. And the enemy wants to come against that truth in your life. And see, if, if I question it and I begin to doubt it, now there's an opportunity for me to leave. If I question it, I'm no longer uh, unmovable, I'm no longer unshakable. If I question it, I uproot myself from the truth of God and I begin to leave and start doing things I'm not supposed to do and start fixing things I'm not supposed to fix and I rely on myself instead of continually uh, relying on God. God wants us to remain or stay put so, so that we can see and experience the love of our Lord, the provision of our Lord. I was thinking it like this as I was studying and preparing this week. You know, uh, me and Pastor Jessica have uh, two little puppies, and we love them. They're awesome. Uh, but it's like this. If, to, to remain in God's love, we have to stay put like, like a, a, a well-trained uh, puppy or dog. See, our dogs are well-trained. They, they ain't going anywhere. They know they got it made. <laughs> <laughs> they get to sleep with us in our beds. We feed them. We give them treats. They got it made at the Westbrook house. And see, they're not questioning the love of, of their provider, of their masters. Penny gets loose every now and again. She got loose a, a couple times. But guess what? She always comes back because she knows she's loved for. She knows she's cared for. And so it's just like that for us as believers. We have to stay put no matter what is going on. Stay put in the revelation of his love because I know my God has got me. I got it made in his house. He's going to provide for me. He's going to make a way for me. I'm staying put as I hold out for what God is going to do. He's our, he's our provider. He's our master. 
Amen. And so we got to stay put in that revelation of God's love. And isn't it amazing of how vast and how big God's love that even when you mess up, God's love doesn't change. That is another reason why we struggle with when we tell people God loves you because we love things and then we hate things. I fall in love with this thing and then it makes me mad so I hate it. And we think that God's the same way. When I mess up or, or if I, I sin or if I, if I do something, God's mad at me and his love changed. The Bible says that he died for us while we were yet sinners. In your mess, on your worst day, Jesus chose you. So why do you think you get born again and saved that, that his love goes back and forth that teeters and totters based on my obedience for that day? Your obedience is key, but it does not change his love. And so if I come to that revelation that God's love doesn't change, he loves me at my worst, he loves me uh, no matter what, then that has to change the way that I live, right? That, 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 that changes everything, and that actually energizes me in my life, and it raises me to new heights. It raises me to new life. It gives me new hope, new expectation based on his love. And it's really how he refills us by that hope of that type of love in our life. That next point, that second new point that we're giving you this morning. So it says, we are filled with the fullness of God to the degree that we comprehend his love. Let me read that again. So we are filled to the fullness of God, the fullness of his love, the fullness of his freedom, the fullness of his mercy and grace and peace. We're filled to the fullness that God has to give us to the degree that we comprehend his love to the degree that I comprehend his love. This is why it's so important that we remain and stay put so that I can continue to learn and grow in the knowledge and the things of God and the knowledge of Christ in my life. Because, y'all, we need Christians to be full. We need to be filled up on purpose, on fire, doing things for God, for the, for the kingdom of God. And so, but here's the thing. In order for me to stay full, to stay full of that love of who God is in my life and to stay full of that peace and that boldness and that confidence, I have to remain. I have to remain in him. I have to, I have to stay put. I have to keep learning and growing in the Lord. Going back to the picture of, 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 of dogs that are obedient, dogs, they're just at the feet of their masters. We have to remain at the feet of the teacher who is Jesus Christ. And as long as I remain at that place, I begin to see more, more aspects of his love and mercy and grace in my life. I begin to see different sides of God and, and who he is and, and how he provided and met my needs in this season or, or, or the answered prayers in my life. And the longer I stay put and the longer I learn and glean from him, the more and more and more I see his love and, and the more freedom I can experience and the more full I can be in my life. And so as long as we remain rooted and grounded, we can continue to understand or comprehend. Comprehend literally means to understand uh, his love. And the more that we know God, and the more that we know God loves us, the fuller we'll be. The more you know who God is, the fuller 
you will be. Romans chapter 5, uh, verse 5. It says, now hope does not disappoint. You can go ahead and underline that, highlight that, do that, uh, whatever it is. You want to put a little star in your Bible. Underline that part portion of the verse. Now hope does not disappoint. There's no disappointment in hope. Hope is the exact opposite of disappointment because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And so we have to remain not just in his love. When I remain in his love, now I, I, I have a new filled expectation of hope in my life. And, and, and hope brings new life. New life brings new hope. Being born again, there is a new hope in your life, right? Think back to the day you accepted Christ. Uh, there was, and, and you accepted him, there was a new hope that rised up on the inside of you. If you've never done that or made that decision or accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there'll be a moment for you to do that today, I promise you. You can do that today and you can experience this newfound hope, this newfound love that we're talking about. But well, think back to that day, there was a new hope, there was new beginnings, there was a clean, uh, a clean slate, a fresh start. A brand new life. Opportunities, endless, boundless. Because now you're living for God. Now you're living for Jesus. Something has to give, right? Because the, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, I'm living and following for him. I'm living and following for him. So we have this new hope. Here's the thing. Just because I'm living for Jesus, it doesn't mean that disappointments don't happen. Troubles, tests, and trials, just because I'm living for Jesus doesn't mean that we don't have to deal with them, that they don't happen. Disappointments still happen. Even Jesus said that uh, troubles will come, but worry not because I have overcome the world, right? I think that's John 16, 33. Jesus says, I, worry not because I've overcome the world. So we have to stop, remember that we overcome the disappointments in our life, not just by hope, but by the hope and the expectation and knowledge and faith that Jesus has already overcame. Because Jesus overcame, I can overcome because I'm raised to life based on the finished work that Jesus did in my life. When we're filled with hope, and we see things, new things, uh, new life can happen, new promises can happen when we're, we're filled uh, with hope. And so let's go ahead and look at that next point. That next new point that we have this morning, it says, So God's love raises us to life by freeing us from fear. He raises us to life and he also frees us from fear. It is impossible, impossible to be full of God and filled with fear. I love that. It's impossible to be filled with the fullness of God and be filled with fear at the same time. So I, just because I'm living for Jesus, it doesn't mean I don't have disappointments that I have to deal with. And it doesn't mean that I don't have to deal with fear. As a Christian, I still have moments of fear in my life, but it's how I deal with that fear that makes me right or wrong with uh, my faith or right or wrong with, with God because God's love frees us 
But to stay free, I have to stay full. He frees us from fear, but I have to stay full. And I stay full by being filled with hope. And so just because I'm set free, I still have to fight and battle against those thoughts that try to come against my life. I still have to deal with fear. Here's the thing. Here's the difference. There's a difference between being filled with fear and being afraid. There's a difference between being filled with fear or being afraid. When I'm filled with the fullness of God, I'm not filled with fear. I can be be filled with the fullness of God and still experience a season, a test of my life where I, I, I feel fear for a moment, but I begin to remember the hope uh, and the expectation and the fact that I get to overcome based on Jesus and I can be confident and bold as a lion. And, and I can cast that thing out by faith. And so that's what has to happen. We, we can't be full of God and full of fear at the same time. It's how we come on the other side of fear is to be filled up with his goodness. First John uh, 4, 16 through 18. If you got your Bible. First John chapter 4. Verse 16 through 18. There at verse 16 it says, God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness on the day of judgment because he is so we are in this world. There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love but perfect love casts out Fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. He who fears has not been made perfect in love. When I'm filled with with love, when I'm filled with his love, fear no longer has a hold on me. When I'm full, I have the power to cast it out. Not just fear, other things out of my life. Did you know that you have the power to cast those things, those thoughts that don't belong out and down? Cast them back to hell if you want. You have the power to do that. We got we to gotta remember and have faith of who God is and what he's done in my life so that I can, by faith, act on those things. Cast out fear. Cast out anxiety. Cast out doubt. Cast out whatever it is that is trying to come against your life. That next point. A heart filled with love. I'm sorry. A heart filled with the love of God can never be shaken. Jesus was not moved by the betrayal, rejection, or pain in his life caused by other people because he was filled with the love of the Father. Just think about Jesus. <laughs> he was betrayed. Uh, he was beaten. He was whipped. He was uh, spit on. The very people that he came to save were rejecting him, crucifying him, killing him. It is only by the love of God that Jesus was able to, 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 to be crucified and nailed to a cross and pray, 
God forgive them for they know not what they do. He was only able to pray that and say that and actually feel that because of the love of God that was full and filled up in his life. There are certain victories in your life. There is new levels in your life that you cannot get to or attain only by the fact of the amount of love of God in your heart. There are things you cannot yet do. There are mountains you cannot yet climb. There are relationships that you cannot mend or restore. There are places, people, and things you cannot get to see, get to go, get to experience until you allow the love of God to fill your heart. The love of God to fill your life in such a powerful way that you're not worried about what other people think. You're not worried about what other people are saying, what other people care about. You heard a word from God, and you're going to allow the love of God to move you, compel you, and catapult you to that next place. There is a level of life that we can only live by the fact that it's a full heart that has been filled with God's love. There's a level of life that you can only get to, experience, love, and enjoy only by the fact that, that, that God's love can fill your heart, fill your life, and radically change you in such a real way that you begin to live a different way. You're no longer living for self. You're living for Him. I'll read that last point that we're going to give you today. <clears throat> Wrap this thing up. The last point that we're giving you today, a heart voided of the love of God can never be filled. I want to stop there for a second. It, it can be filled. If somebody gets born again and saved, God can fill that voided heart. But a voided heart who continues to stay in that place, uh, a hardened heart towards the things of God, towards the church, towards believers, a heart that is voided of the love of God can never be filled. There's not enough affirmation, applause, sex, money, drugs, or acceptance to fill your heart. The love of God is unconditional, eternal, and unchanging. There's not enough anything the world has to offer to fill that void in your life, in your heart. Only God can fill that, that perfect-sized hole that you have in your life, in your heart. And just think about all the filthy stuff that we, we pack in our hearts. All this stuff. Uh, the things, the, 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 the applause of man and, and sex and money and drugs and acceptance and lies from the enemy. All these things that we, we jam-pack in our hearts. And no wonder we, we walk around depressed and sad and, and anxious and mad at others and blaming others. Because we've jam-packed our hearts full of this stuff. What would happen if we jam-packed our hearts with the love of the Father? Y'all, we could not just change our lives, change our families, change our ministries, our church, our communities, our states, our nations, our world for His goodness. But miracles, signs, and wonders could happen. Forgiveness would take place. Mercy would be dished out. Peace would be had. Joy in the morning could happen if we filled our lives with His love to be raised to life, expectation and hope that He has to give us. 
Only His love can fill your void. The void in your life, in your heart, only His love can fill it. I want this to be our prayer, that, that God literally fill our hearts, overtake our hearts with His presence. That God could literally overtake our hardened hearts, our voided hearts, the things that we're running to to fill us up, that only leave us more empty, leave us even more depressed, more sad, more angry. If we would just allow the Holy Spirit, by His power, by His strength, God's love to come in like a flood and overtake our hearts. What could happen? What could happen in your life? We need His love. It's His love that that brings new hope, that brings new expectation, that brings new life to our lives. Amen. I want to ask you, wherever you're watching, to go ahead and just, just bow your heads and close your eyes. Just um, want you just to, to get into his presence. I want us to just right now, just to give the Lord permission to search our hearts. Like a flashlight in a dark room. You're literally giving God permission to search your life, search your heart. God, is there anything in my heart that is selling you short, that is offensive, God? Do I have a hurt, a hurt place in my heart that I'm, I'm holding on to? Is it doubt? Is it frustration? What is it this morning? I, I pray and I know that God, He can illuminate that thing in your life. And if, if you see and recognize it for what it is, that it's killing, stealing, and destroying and robbing you of the fullness of God in your life, you can acknowledge it and you can get rid of it right now this morning. You can, you can cast it out in Jesus' name if you want. And God can move in and fill that voided place with His strength and with His power and His love. Or if you want to hold on to it, and say, I'm not ready yet, and keep fighting, uh, wrestling with God. And you can, you can leave this morning, go back to doing whatever you're doing, and feel the same. But if you want transformation, if you want a clean slate, you want a new start, you want something fresh and new in your life, you can do that right now. All you got to do is allow the Holy Spirit to show you that thing and say, God, take that thing. God, I release it to you. God, fill me with your love. God, let me be so full of your love, God, that it literally saturate and pour out of me with every person I come in contact with. When I'm at work, people see and recognize something different about me. People begin to see the love and feel the love of God. I'm not just telling people that God loves them. I'm showing them that, that God loves them based on the power and love through my life. So right now we pray, Father God, where we release our lives, we release our hearts to you, Father God. Right now, I pray you're... you're your spirit, your power to rush in like a flood. God, to rush in and overtake our lives, overtake our hearts. God, for your goodness, for your glory. God, for, 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 for whatever it is that you want us to do, the new victories, the new mountains that we're going to see. God, new, new, new victories that are going to take place in our lives. God, because we are obedient, God, to not just your word. We're obedient, God, to the knowledge of the love that is in Christ Jesus, God, by his finished work as he raises us to new life. Amen. If you're watching with us this morning, 
and you've never made that, that, that commitment, you've never, you've never asked God into your life. We call it being born again or getting saved. It literally means that you're saying, God, I, I believe that you are who you are. I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me and my sins. And today, I want to accept him. I want to accept that truth in my life. If you've never done that, and you want to do that, today's your moment. This morning's your moment. Right now is your moment. This is your moment. And so if you've already made that commitment in your life, I want you to join me in prayer to pray for those who need the love of God like nobody else. Right now, you need the love of God to change and radically wreck your life so you can experience peace like you never have. So if that's you, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. I want you to repeat after me. And even if you've done, I want you to repeat after me. And it goes like this. So Heavenly Father, God, we love you. God, we, we accept your gift today. That gift of Jesus. God, it's in Jesus that I believe that my sins are forgiven. That I have a new hope and a new future with you. God, and by that faith, I now confess that Jesus is Lord over my life. God, I, I trust you. I love you. And I believe in you. Lead me and guide me in all the rest of the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.